Welcome to A Texan's View of the World with your host, Jeb Bashaw. Well, Merry Christmas. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, A Texan's View of the World. Today is December 9th, and only 15 shopping days remain until Christmas, and it's one day after the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. In the Catholic Church, we celebrate the Immaculate Conception because we believe Mary was born without original sin. One of the greatest moments in Scripture is when the angel says to Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. As someone who's pro-life, there's no more clear statement in the Bible to explain when life begins. And what a joyous experience. At least it should have been, but think about it. Imagine if your 14-year-old daughter came to you and said, Mom and Dad, I'm pregnant and I have not had relations with a man. <laughs> in fact, in Luke, Mary is said to have responded to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? The angel later said, Mary, be not afraid. And that's the advice I will give to each of you as you realize there are only 15 days left in the shopping calendar before Christmas. Be not afraid. And before I get started, don't forget my best-selling book is out now on Amazon.com. It's titled Texas Dove Recipes, and it's available for $19.95. This is a book everyone should own, but particularly if you're looking for a stocking stuffer for a friend, a business colleague, a budding chef, or someone who just loves good literature. Now back to the podcast. Amazing the difference in the times we live in and the similarities. Needless to say, Mary and Joseph were worried about getting to Bethlehem to sign up for the census. Today, young families are running around to get signed up for the non-vaccine vaccine. And if you didn't report to the census in those days, you were punished by the government. Today, if you don't sign up for the jab or the COVID vaccine, you can lose your job, be denied entrance to a restaurant or theater, or not even be allowed to attend school. It's amazing that for 2,000 years, governments have been trying to mandate people to do things they don't want to do. In fact, knowing that, they've changed their tactics. Today, they send a census worker to your home. Imagine how nice that would have been for Mary and Joseph not to have taken a donkey ride for 70 miles up and down mountains and on dirt roads to go to register for the census. What if someone had just come to the little carpenter shop with a clipboard and a pen? You can't help but think about this when you read Scripture. In Isaiah 40, the prediction is made that every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, and the rugged places a plain. It is said it took Mary and Joseph five days to go 70 miles. Imagine if it had been straight and flat road. It would have been easier on everyone. Mary and Joseph the donkey, literally everyone. So as you head out for the last 15 shopping days of the year, Try and do it with cheer. We are in the Advent season. Advent comes from the, from the Latin word advenio, or the coming. And we are all excited about the coming of the Christ child. There was no Christmas before Christ, and there's no Christmas without Christ. It's not a day to give presents. It's a day to celebrate the coming of a child, the Christ child. And how appropriate that the two most important trips of his life, the trip to Bethlehem for his birth and the trip to Jerusalem, to his death, were both taken on a donkey, or as the scripture refers to it, an ass. I bring this up because I love Christmas, the pageantry, the symbolism, the sheer joy of watching a child open a gift. Why can't we all get back to that very simple premise that we give gifts for the joy of giving? If you remember the story of the three wise men, it doesn't say they came to trade, as in, I'll give you gold, you give me wheat, or 
I give you frankincense, you give me a parcel of land. They were true gifts. And do you even remember the names of the three wise men? I didn't. I had to look them up. But they're Gaspar, Melchior, and Baltazar. And I remember that every year when my wife and I go to see the Christmas show in New York City. I mean, imagine having three guys show up at Women's Hospital here in Houston in the labor and delivery room in the medical center and telling you, we'd like to see your son, we've heard about him, and we brought him gifts. How crazy would that be? But each of us has a story about the birth of our children, the happiness, the joy, the friends visiting, and of course, the fear and realization that, whoa, I'm now responsible for this little guy or gal, and am I ready for this? Think about how much more complicated life has become. Mary and Joseph didn't need to worry about car seats or baby monitors or applying for Pooh Corner within hours of the birth of their child. They had a lot bigger problems, like how do we get back to our home without being killed by Herod? So don't despair. Whatever problems Brandon's supply chain's problems have caused, I can assure you that you will be okay come Christmas morning. I remember my first Christmas, or said better, I remember the first Christmas I can remember. We were living on 5322 Pagewood in Larchmont here in Houston. Larchmont was the premier starter neighborhood in those days for young families. Our neighbors were the Hanegriffs, the Bennetts, the Ivies, and my dad was a sales manager at the Shamrock Hilton. I couldn't have been more than two or three years old. And I don't remember this because I remember it, but because I have the pictures 57 years later. Dad had brought home a hotel employee dressed as Santa Claus. When he walked in the house, I burst into tears. I didn't know who this man was or why he was in our house. But I do remember the smile on my father's face and his protective hug to let me know that everything was going to be all right. Needless to say, when the man dressed in red started handing me presents, we quickly became friends. That's what I remember about my parents. We weren't wealthy by any stretch, but my folks always wanted to make things fun. My dad was an only child, and my mom had been adopted by her aunt and uncle after the death of her own mother. So family was always the most important thing, and for me today, it is. I remember being driven all over town, to my grandparents, to my cousins, and all my brother and I really wanted to do was to play with our gifts. Fortunately, no matter where we went, there were even more gifts. And as I said before, children put the joy in Christmas. My next remembrance is as my brother and I grew up together, we always had very different interests. But we loved to share, and it seemed like that the only gifts I wanted more than mine were his and vice versa. It's probably a natural sibling thing to do. Of course, as we got older, the gifts became even less time-consuming as we and our friends would gather up the boxes and make forts out of them. How strange, probably tens if not hundreds of dollars of gifts lay unused or unplayed with while we searched for tape and scissors to cut the boxes into custom-made forts. I think of those as wonderful times, the times before cell phones or iPads, iPods, i-whatever. Kids got to be kids, and we used our imagination to create things. We didn't spend our time staring down the screen with earbuds on. As we got older, Christmas became less important from a gift standpoint. We would still travel to our cousins. We would still have a gift exchange. I would just say this is when we transitioned from what I would call fun stuff, note the air quotes, to what I would call needed stuff. This is also what's known as the sock period in my life. It seems that we always get socks after about age 12. I mean, really, does that even count as a gift or underwear? 
It should actually not count, and you should actually get a credit for the next year. Or a sweater? Yes, I definitely needed sweaters in 1974 when the Houston weather in January dipped into the high 50s. How about an ice scraper if you're going to give me something I might only use once a year? I also remember the stocking inserts seemed to change with age. Stockings hung over. We didn't really have a fireplace, but hung on the wall, I guess. Went from fun stuff like a paddle with a ball, a gun with pop ammo. Remember that smell when you pulled the trigger and the red paper that was filled with gunpowder went off? Or even Pez dispensers. I love Pez. One year, my mom obviously forgot to put things in the stockings, and we ended up with fruit in our stocking. Really? Oranges, apples, grapefruit? Probably from some leftover Harry and David box in her office. Who needs fruit at age 15? It wasn't like we were suffering from scurvy or going on a transatlantic cruise with Jack Dawson later to end up on a floating door and being pushed off by our new best friend, Rose. We wanted real presents and fun presents. Fortunately, we got back to some kind of cool stuff, gift cards, those four-color pens that we all got, digital watches. That was really space age in the space city. I got a watch that, and I want you to get this, not only displayed the time in hours, minutes, and seconds, but also displayed the date if I held the stem on the side of the watch in. And you could see it in the dark because the LED screen was in red. Super cool. Interestingly, today I can film a thank you note on my watch and send it to my friends or immediately put it up on Instagram or Facebook. Times have definitely changed since the first Christmas in Bethlehem and the first Christmas in Bel Air. Christmas in your 20s, married or not married, without children is kind of a blur. It's almost a chore. I remember going to midnight mass without kids or later the children's mass. These are the one of the two times of the year when the, quote, C&E Christmas and Easter Catholics show up. I remember my mom saying, where in the hell do all these people come from? Any given week, you could walk into Mass three minutes before it started and get a great seat. At Christmas time, you have to get there an hour early and listen to the droning of the men's choir or, God forbid, the children's choir. Kidding. Okay, it does add to the season to have great music, but also adds to the time your seat has to be in the pew. And, of course, the remarkable fact that you no more than sit down and then you have to go to the restroom. And, of course, the families that come in right at the beginning of Mass and walk up and down the sanctuary as though, miraculously, six seats together are going to appear like the North Star in Bethlehem. And, of course, having sat there for two hours, everyone leaves after communion. That causes a traffic jam with everyone cursing and waving their arms like a rug salesman in Baghdad. What a great way to share the Christmas season. And of course, there's always the hurt feelings, a gift someone didn't want, an unkind, eggnog-addled commentary, or just the Festivus-like airing of grievances. As a child, most of this goes over your head. But as you age, you start to pick up the nuances of 40 years of betrayal, loyalty, fake in-law friendships, and petty rivalries. Just kidding. It was always delightful at Casa Bashaw. As I've gotten older, I've learned to take things in stride. It's not that I have low expectations, it's that I have no expectations, which makes any and all gifts a great and joyous moment. I have been blessed beyond words and beyond deeds, and so everything to me is a gift. Our children are grown now, and although none of them have families of their own yet, and needless to say, we're always praying for the same miracle that Mary and Joseph received, we haven't received it yet. And so this year again, our children will be spread far and wide and close and near, 
and Laurel and I will spend time in the country enjoying the peace and solitude of the season. Because how fortunate am I that my beautiful wife loves Christmas as much as I do. In fact, today she makes every day Christmas for me because of her love and her willingness to not just provide gifts, but to provide experiences and make memories. She takes me to some of the most fun things I've ever done in my entire life, and I'm ever, ever grateful for the things she's shown me. Every year we've been together, Laurel astounds me with her creativity and her purpose of thought. The season has kicked off with the promise, in her words, quote, not to overdo the decorations, which inevitably gets left behind as she decorates both our home and our ranch with wonderful sights and decorations of the season. She will host a girls' party next week where 20 are invited in hopes that 10 will show and always 25 show up because she's an excellent hostess. One year, the police actually showed up because one of our neighbors was complaining, and they found that it was 20 women. They laughed and came in and had a drink and a plate of food with Laurel. She's the ultimate hostess. And the wrapping of gifts to make sure they are all shipped out before the 15th, she does it to account for winter travel, the United States Postal Service, and, of course, Mother Nature. After all is said and done, we will close the office this year on the 23rd because this year's Christmas Eve is a holiday. And like Mary and Joseph, we will pack our donkey, also known as a Ford Expedition, with our two dogs, and we will head 88 miles to a place near a manger, but fortunately with considerably more comfort. We will again go to our small country church, later to a friend's for a drink after Mass, and then we will share a quiet night at home, just like Joseph and Mary, perhaps with less expectation, but absolutely with as much gratitude as they shared that night before Christ's birth. You see, Christmas is really about unwinding and spending time with those that we love. As 2021 comes to a close, we have all dealt with the crazy times. A new president raising gas prices, the COVID variant of the week, the excitement of being vaccinated, and sadly, the realization that it's not really a vaccination. The loss of loved ones from both COVID and everyday life. We review our choices, good and bad, and God willing, we will all make plans for next year. My two favorite passages to remember at this time of the year are Christ's reminder to be not afraid. That phrase alone is said 365 times in the Bible. Coincidence? I think not. And the fact Christ left his peace with us, that phrase is used 329 times in the Bible. If Christ and the biblical writers mention it that many times, it must be pretty darn important. So as we enter the last 15 days of the Christmas season, let me leave you with a few thoughts. First, be not afraid. I guarantee you it will all work out one way or the other. Don't stress. Christ is the reason for the season. Secondly, I wish you and your families Christ's peace, the peace he offered the apostles as he returned to his heavenly reward. And finally, as I always liked in, never forget that yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift from God, which is why we call it the present. Merry Christmas to each of you. I'm Jeb Bashaw, and this is my podcast, A Texan's View of the World. Mm-hmm.